listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Are you feeling the energy? I'm, I'm carrying over some of the energy from the last welcome to this welcome. I got some good feedback on that positive energy. I'm working very hard to manufacture it. <laughs> And that is John Wright on the other on the other microphone. And John knows how hard I'm working. I do. I do. Don't you, John? Yes. It's, a, it's almost like a magic button. When I press record, all of a sudden, this boundless, amazing, <laughs> positive energy it's, flows which isn't forth. Good. It was, you know, which doesn't speak well to my authenticity <laughs> as a human being. No, no, no. You're very authentic. I'm just saying that I, this is how hard you're actually working right now. Yeah, but, you know, and the thing is, like, I have some positive energy each day. I, I, <laughs> I'm just, right. You know, but <laughs> you're already I, at I your maximum for today. I can't you tell you how much, I, like, I'm, I'm in so much of my life is online right now. Like, yeah. counseling folks, my, I have this internship in the counseling program, you know, because, like, I'm this, like, I'm this, uh, what do you call it, pastoral type counselor. It, mm -hmm. on the internet with all the people from the, who, who know from our audience who are working through spiritual transitions and and relationship issues and then i'm studying to be one of those like clinical counselors that sits in an office and actually has local people come in um and and maybe is, gives less less advice and input and is more of a facilitator of people's thought processes mm -hmm. it's very weird to, to be toggling back and forth between those two ways of talking to people. Absolutely. But in that realm, I am doing an internship at a community mental health uh, center, like this amazingly good community mental health center called Greater Cincinnati Behavioral Health Services. Oh, do I love these people. Mm. Um, they're just it, like everyone, like the, the HR person, the, the tech person, the president of the corporation, everybody's like all about this mission of helping people with mental health issues and other kinds of challenges um, live better lives. Like they're not even like, we're not going to try to cure everybody. Some people can be fixed. Some people can't, but like everybody, we, we can make their life better. And um, Beautiful. I just, anyway, I love all these people, but when you do it in that realm, man, there's a lot of paperwork and there's a lot of computer forms and you got to get it all right, or it doesn't get billed correctly and this and that. And I'm dying, mm. dying dying. It is so hard for me. I have, I have a whole other laptop for that job. And you, because of the HIPAA, the- Oh, right, right. You Special to, software. I got to be, yeah, everything's encrypted and you got to keep that stuff away from my other stuff. And yet, so I have two calendars, but it's hard for me to remember what I have committed to on each one each day. And that's before you get into all the classwork that I do in the evening. So like, I'm just- I, it, I'm in I'm in a period of life where organization would be the key to success, mm. and I and and the operative word in that sentence is would would be if I had it. Yeah, and and it, it's just and you know, I I don't generally have this experience. No, no, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was saying. Like it, this is unusual for you in every way. Well, you know how, like, when we first got to be friends, we were talking about how our, our, you know, our wives used to joke about, like, that we had lived these charmed lives. 
yes, lives where, yes. where everything kind of came easily and people mm-hmm. people were always willing to do something for you. Things and, fell into place. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, the, the you know, what Marty was <laughs> the other day, um, it's like three o'clock in the morning. We're near our house. There's this one traffic light that shouldn't be there. There's never any mm-hmm. traffic coming in any direction. It's two o'clock in the morning. And I, 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 I'm not going to wait. And it's a long light. I'm not going to wait three minutes. So I just look left, look right, look behind me. And I go through it. And Marty says, you can't do that anymore. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you're just counting on the fact that like you're Bart Campolo and you know, you won't, you, a cop won't see you and pull you over at two o'clock in the morning for doing something. She's like, like, have you not been paying attention? Like that was like 10 years ago. Those days are over. (laughs) You, you haven't been charmed for a long time. She's like, look at your body. It's all busted up. Look at you, look at your, look at your, your career path. Like you are a mess. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Anyway, dude, what I, happened? What happened? It's it's a, and and yet you, you know, and I never should have had that conversation. Is what is that? that was I know that, that was what broke the spell. Yes, it absolutely was. It was like the first the first time we actually acknowledge it, it goes away. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we're in the soup, and um, um, you and I did not talk about the introduction to last week's show. Not really. Did it? Did it? I mean, I, I, I recorded that thing probably 15 different times and ways. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, I really liked it. I mean, it's a good thing I recorded that um, podcast before I watched the first presidential debate. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Never what? seen anything like it. What? I mean, I turned it off after five minutes based oh, on- Oh, you did? Yeah, based. I mean, maybe 10 minutes, but based on the, on, on the stuff we were talking about on the, on the, in the last introduction- Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is a shitstorm," and and knowing what they're like, it, it this affects nothing to me, right? I, I mean, it's not going to change my vote. I'm not going to learn anything. Yeah, all all I'm going to get to do is to gaze on the wreckage of American democracy, um, in this moment. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I you know, I, I'd be better off watching another episode of Cobra Kai. So earlier this summer, there was a bridge that collapsed about less than a mile from my home, a big railroad bridge. Oh, my. Um, And it collapsed all across the roadway and uh, pieces falling into the river and all kinds of stuff. It was pretty dramatic. And, you know, it was all all the news channels here and stuff like that. And it's less than a mile from my home. So, you know, I'm like bicycling over there to try to get a closer look with Tyler and that kind of thing and, you know, scope it out. And it was the kind of thing that I couldn't get out of my head all day. So I kept on checking the news, checking, you know, okay, so what does it look like now? And that's the way I watched the entire debate. You know, like I didn't take my eyes off it. It was oh. just like an, an obsession, you know? Um, the one thing that's driving me crazy is how it's being reported. You know, I, t- I called my mom and, and she's in Ireland and she said, oh, I heard they all just, they both just talked all over each other. I go, mom, that's not what happened, you know? Uh, there there was one candidate that did all the, you know, broke all the decorum. And so it's driving me crazy how people are reporting about thinking about that debate, because to me, it was pretty obvious, you know, that it was it was not a both sides thing. Well, you know, it is, it's just such a very difficult thing. I mean, if you've ever run a summer camp and you've had this one kid that just won't do anything, they won't play right. there, you know. It doesn't take much to blow the whole thing up, and and the 
The weird thing is, is that it, they drag you into it. So like, do, did I think Biden covered himself with glory? You know, did I think he was dignified and want? No, no. I mean, it's hard yeah. to stay dignified in that situation. I think that's true. All, so, all I would suggest is he did his best. Like, I, I don't really know what you could do to. Well, I, you know, I, it's funny. I know. thought of one thing just from my interpersonal relationship class. And I thought mm-hmm. he should have never said, you know, you're a clown. This clown. Yeah. I think yeah. he should have turned to Trump and said, you're acting like a clown. Not you are a clown. Mm-hmm. You're acting like a clown. Like in a sense, like call out the behavior, but don't. Right. Don't don't trash the person. And I, I know you say it's a nitpicking point, but but it's not in a sense. I think that when you're dealing with really difficult people, you have to you have to gird yourself ahead of time. I mean, the funniest thing I've seen about that whole debate was Chris Matthews saying that he was he was shocked at he was surprised. Um, at how quickly, at, at how badly it went off the rails. And I'm like, really? You were surprised by that? Because <laughs> like nobody else was. <laughs> nobody else was. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So I just, I just, I, I felt like there, there, there was, it was a tough, tough deal. Um, and, and, you know, but, but I, I did, you know, Roman told me something really interesting and Roman mm-hmm. always says something interesting, but he said, dad, he said, if you didn't turn on your television and if you didn't look at your phone, how would you know, like, would you know that the country was in a terrible mess right now? I'd say, I'd say no. Yeah. He was like, you know, like today's like, I went to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wear masks and all that stuff. Sure. There, you know, you would right. know there was a virus going on, but, mm-hmm. um, but like, the way people talk to you, if you didn't know that the Supreme Court was going to flip and that, you know, you know, can you feel as you're walking through the park? He said, I'm beginning to wonder how upset I should be about things that if I didn't know about them, I wouldn't ever know about them. Like right. people's like, but the world is coming apart. And he's like, yeah, but if, if, if the world is coming apart and you can't tell. Yeah. Well, to a certain extent, some of that stuff. Um, may not affect Roman, you know, uh, or but, me. but may affect other people. Right. Yeah. So, so th- th- that's, that's a, that's oh, a I'm good not point. saying, I'm not saying the world's not coming apart. What I'm no, saying I, is, I understand, I understand exactly what he, what he's saying. I agree. I it, agree. It's about the time when you should really be upset about the world coming apart is when it's coming apart in front of you and you have to make a decision. Do I drive here? Do I go there? You know, or do I help this person or do I let this person into my house? You know, that, that, yeah. One of the things that I've been saying recently to people who seem just completely over, you know, kind of like this is not good for their mental health. Yeah. Um, is back out, you know, like it's not, not everyone needs to carry this. Like the people who, who, who can be engaged and, and can, you know, pay attention and, and, and all that stuff. And, and, uh, even, you know, try to influence, uh, votes, canvas, this and that should do so, I think. But there's no obligation for people who feel like it's too much for them. Like, just live your life, go to the park. You know, I, I don't think this is on everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I you know, obviously I've spent my life feeling a great sense of social responsibility and and getting out people to vote. I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, 
I trust that you will vote if you are in, in voting range, if you are in this right. country. Um, and I, you know, what's weird is I, I'm learning that strange enough, it used to be like vote early, like, vote, you know, do, do, you know, do the mail-in votes, you know, do the, do, you know, right now, given this weird thing, I'm like, if you can handle it, put on a mask and go to the polls and vote on that day early. Yeah. So yeah. that you're, you know, because the best thing that could happen to this country is if there, the outcome was so clear on election day yes. that there was no room to challenge it legally um, right. or, right. or let's, you know, to challenge it judicially. Um, but, but so it's not, it's not, you know, it's not as though I want to withdraw from the world in that sense. I'm just, I'm just, it's, it's all about. Yeah, recognizing that you don't do the world any good in becoming so overwrought that you can't take care of the relationships around you. Yeah, um, no, I I agree, and so and so yeah, some people just do need to go to the park and yeah. you know have a nice day, look at the or listen to this wonderful podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which I I I don't know if we're helping right now. All right, so no. listen, it's a Q and A podcast. We should cut to it, see if we can find a cue, and at least come up with a response. Here we go. All right. What do you got? Hey, Bart. This is John. Um, I have a, a thought that I wanted to share. I have family members who identify as progressive Christians. While I'm happy to say we agree on most important political issues, my rejection of faith-based ideas such as the divinity of Christ has become a real uh, serious area of contention in our relationship. I wish it were as simple as agreeing to disagree, but at times it almost feels like the only ideas that they can accept as valid are ones that allow them to place God at its center. For example, they really object to me using the term secular as it implies that something could possibly exist and be void, inherently void of divine nature. I can still sympathize with this Robellian everything is spiritual if you think about it argument, but uh, this just isn't how I view the world anymore. And while I'm so fluent in that spiritual language, I find it difficult to share ideas with people who, in general, insist on contextualizing everything to fit some theological frame of understanding. And it's especially sad because there's still so much overlap in our ultimate values. We just happen to reach our reach our conclusions very by very different means. Um, anyways, I had to write that out because I just couldn't get it as concisely just rattling it off. So thanks for patience. All right. Uh, I just thought it might be an interesting topic for discussion. All right. Thanks. Bye. Well, all right. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that strikes me, Bar, I'll just tell you my first thought on this. Um, you know, I, I used to think, okay, so as long as we're all committed, it sounds like he and his folks are committed to very similar values, practical values in the world. But as soon as you open the hood and you look underneath, the the world they believe exists, the reality they believe exists is extremely different. Um, you know, a, a world that's like going somewhere on purpose with a an intelligence at, at the heart of it and like it's being guided is a, a very, very different reality than a world where you actually don't think any of that exists, you know. Um, and so even when the practical differences are not all that great, it seems like he's running into trouble where the conversations go and like uh they they the con the overall context they they just are not on the same page at all and he's actually saying what's interesting to me is he's actually saying that it's become problematic in the relationship which i think is i wonder how common that is you know 
I don't, I mean, it's prob it's common that people with theist, you know, very committed to theistic worldviews and people very committed to atheistic worldviews have a hard time feeling like they're in the same conversation. That's really common. Right. Right. What's weird is, is that you, you tend to, the stereotype of that is that they're fundamentalists, you know, Bible thumpers. And, and it sounds like he's talking about sort of Rob Bellion types, you know, kind of mm-hmm. very progressive, like probably believe everybody's going to heaven and all that stuff. But that, that, like you said, under the hood, they're going like, but everyone's going to heaven because Jesus Christ's death on the cross and resurrection covers everyone. So like it's it's a very expansive view of God's love, but it still yeah. hinges on supernatural, miraculous moments and historical realities of biblical stories right. that he's just like, whoa, you know, like it can't do that. Yeah. And it's kind of why, why I wonder, it, you know, are, are the different, sometimes we kind of think of, of a spectrum where the progressive Christian, like the Rob Bell, of, the Rob Bells of the world and maybe the Peter Rollins's kind of of the world are on this edge where, yeah, like they're very close to the secular, but actually if you examine deep enough and you get, you know, down, down into the, into the workings enough, it's, it's a completely different universe if there's a God than if there's not. There is. And, 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 and here's where I, I'm, I mean, actually have, this is actually going to be a fairly short answer, I think for me. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. because some of the stuff we've covered a million times, right? You know, the respect and the yeah. love, and there's no problem in this relationship. Jonathan doesn't—he doesn't have that problem with these people. Um, they're not—they're not espousing completely different stuff, and they're not down on gay people because the Bible says this. Like he's with these progressive, wonderful people. Yes. So, so we're not going to talk about that. The, the, the reason it's going to be a short answer to me is because I think that what he needs to do, the only hope for him to, to escape the frustration that he's feeling is to go meta. And but what I mean is the problem when people share values is, is that they often think that they, unlike the Trump lover and the, you know, Bernie Sanders bro, Mm-hmm. who go like, man, if we're going to have a conversation, we're going to have to set a whole bunch of ground rules. And we're going to have to talk about like, what are you really saying here? Like, 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 like let's try to break down what your actual values are and where we, we have to find common ground. This guy, he, he's not, he, he and his counterparts, the common ground is sitting there right in front of them. So they think they don't need to have a ground rules conversation. Because we're all nice people here and we know how to talk about things. Mm. And and I think that the key is to get meta. And by that, I mean, I think he needs to listen to them as they talk about the whole everything is spiritual and how can you use the word, you know, secular, like God is in and through everything. Like, the, And he needs to then say, okay, let me hear, let me say back to you what you're saying in the most positive way, sort of the, what do they call it? The strong man or the steel man. Steel manning, yeah. yeah. And go like, this is what I hear you saying. That that there is no room for secular secular. That that nothing that because God is the creator and because Jesus is the redeemer of all things, even if something doesn't know that it is working 
by virtue of the Holy Spirit, or that the that God that that God's design is at work in its in its in its in its life. It is, and so you can't separate anything from the purview of God because God's purview is universal. You know, and mm-hmm. and, and you sort of explain to them like, yeah, and then and then say, okay. So how do you want me to interact with that? You know, like, how do you think a person who doesn't you you recognize that there are people that don't see that? I mean. Even if it's true that they don't see it or ascertain it that way, how, like, what do you want from me? And rather than sort of demanding or or protesting, just say, okay, I think I understand how you see the world. The question is, how does somebody who doesn't see it that way supposed to speak to you? Like, like, what categories do you want me to use? Yeah. And 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 they have to do the same thing back, and and he needs to be able to say to them, "You do understand that, like, if you fundamentally don't see that purpose, or don't see that overarching pattern, or don't 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 have any real confidence that there is a theistic personality behind the whole thing, like like, how." Do you see why that language would be off-putting? Like that they need to have a conversation about how do people that have fundamentally different frameworks of why the same values are good. Agree, like we, we we agree on the values. Mm-hmm. But like, how am I supposed to talk about your foundations? And 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 how do you, how well do you understand my foundations for those values? And they have to have a meta conversation about how do we talk about this stuff? Yeah. In a sense, br- bringing it back to the practical. Yeah. Like and here, here's a, here, there's a practical way. There's a practical problem that we need to figure out how to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Because literally every rational argument that you make or every, 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 because every, every statement that you make has an implicit because everything is God's world and because the Holy Spirit is is imminent in all situations, this. And so it's like, what's strange is it's hard for me even to hear you talk about why one six-year-old shouldn't push the other six-year-old down at the park. Because for you, it's all wrapped up in a worldview that I don't, I don't understand. So if, if I understand you right, you don't see any decision as existing outside of the outside of that framework, outside of that 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 spiritual um, biology. And so I, you know, so, so the question is, are you cap? You know, how do you have a conversation with somebody who sees the world radically differently? Like in a sense, you, he, you know, he ought to say to his friends. Now, both of us would have a hard time with a hardcore fundamentalist who is giving us biblical arguments for why women shouldn't be in leadership. Mm-hmm. How would you talk to them? Like, what ground rules would you set if you wanted to have a good conversation with them? Because I have a feeling that three quarters of those ground rules would be useful in talking with me, even though you wouldn't think you would need those same ground rules in talking with me. But right. I need the same protections that that they need, and 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 you and and you need the same protections that that I need. 
That's good. Yeah, that's good because I think um, it really is a problem that he's identifying is is just the dialogue. You know, yeah, they they have a different worldview under the under the hood, and I wonder if part of the problem is in conversations like these. It, it, it kind of bothers people that there is a difference when their values are so aligned. Otherwise, you know, oh, it's like, even more frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I, 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 imagine, yeah. imagine if you love a movie, like you walk out and you go like, Oh, I love that movie. The dialogue and the acting and somebody else comes out and goes like, that movie was awesome. Like, cause like, did you see that time where like he stabbed her? I mean, that was so cool. And the blood was coming out and you're like, this person's giving that movie five stars. And I almost want to rip up their, their response card. <laughs> yeah. You like it for all the wrong reasons. Right. Right. And so I she, think it's worse. It's, it's all, it's a lot it worse. worse. And for me, yeah. Cause to, to, to have some, to have, to share so many of the core values and then have someone, it just feels obstinate at a certain point because well, you don't understand why they're having this difference. And I'd rather, if you have a crazy ass worldview that it lead you to to, to crazy ass conclusions that are, that that differentiate you from mine, I go like, ah, oh, these these are the values of a reasonable person, and those are the values of a crazy person. But when a crazy person shares my values, it makes me yeah. feel it, it cheapens my values. Um, and so you know, that's a really really good little insight because it's like it, it. Why am I feeling so annoyed? You know, why am I feeling so angry right now? And it's it's really what it reflects on me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, and, and I think that, I mean, have you ever had somebody that you didn't like, like your band? <laughs> Cause I have. Has and, that happened? And, and yeah. And I, you know, and sometimes I'm like, ah, maybe I need to rethink my whole relationship with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um, <laughs> you know, I love them very much, but. So does she. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so I think that when the values are the same, it's, it's disorienting when, because we start to talk about, we start to take for granted that because you have the same values, you have the same reasons for holding those values. And, and, well, and yes, it's, it's, and it's we keep getting happened. surprised. We keep getting surprised. Yes. Yes. It reminds me of our early conversations about polyamory where we share all of these values, like you and I just identify with each other so much on everything. And then we're like, you know, spending hours in this argument about polyamory because we just can't understand why the other person isn't seeing it that way. Right. Because don't you see that if you share these values, it's self-evident that this yes, is- Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You should be thinking about it like I am and it's driving me crazy that you're not. Yeah. And what's, and what's, and what's interesting is, is that it, in this case, it's working the other way, the, the, the opposite way in the sense of the guy's like- Oh, you you do have the same feeling about polyamory, so I'm sure your reasons are this. And the guy's, no, 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 my reasons are this. Yes, yes. You know, so the outcome, the behavior, you know, for you and I, we have the same set of reasons, and we come up with two different like courses of behavior. Right. And we go like, how does that work? How do you get? How does that math work? And this person, mm -hmm. they're coming up with the same course of behavior, and they just go like. I mean, this is the reason for that behavior. And you go, no, 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 this is the reason for that behavior. Exactly, exactly. And, and, but I do think that in both situations, you have to have a conversation about how do we talk about things together? And what do you, you know, and, and, and you have to ask of, the, ask of the other person, 
first of all, to make sure that they understand why for you, like, like the Rob Bellion types, they you know, or the, you know, spirituality is everywhere kind of thing. I think he has a book like that out right now. You know, everything is spiritual. Mm -hmm. And you go like, ah, you know, actually, I mean, it's funny. It depends on like my concept. It depends on your definition. Yeah. It totally depends on your definition. But I think I know that like, you know, what he's meaning by everything is spiritual is like he's claiming my land as part of his country. And I'm like, no, no, no. My land is not spiritual. Like I, I live in I live in a materialistic universe. You know, <laughs> you know. And, right. and and I think that we always feel really nobody likes to feel like they they've been co-opted by somebody else's, you know, worldview or by somebody else's yeah. definition. Yeah, um, that's interesting. My, my my friend William Urey, the uh the the great conflict guy. Con, you know, conflict um, transformer um, used to is this poem like, um, he, you know, and, and it sort of went like, you know, they drew a circle and left me out. You know, a a, a, a jerk, a, a, an idiot, a, a thing to flout. But wit and I had the will. To, you know, wit and I, uh, you know, but but love and I had the wit to win. Had the had the wit to win. We drew a circle and drew them in. And, you know, the idea of like, isn't this the most loving thing to do is to sort of define things in such a way that the other person is part of your circle. And uh, that's what I always find with this, with these spiritualities everywhere. People are so like, oh, and you too are part of God's plan and your work is God's work. You're doing yes. God's work. Like, you know, you, you, my, what does my dad call me? An anonymous Christian. And I go like, ah, like, <laughs> you know, like. I, I, I love that. You know, don't do that to me. That's um, a nice move, though, on his part. It's like, a nice move. It's a nice, it's a good move. Like, if I look at it on a chessboard, I go, ah, good move, Tony. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to, to be able to articulate to somebody, hey, I want you to put yourself in my situation and realize how strange it is for me to feel like I'm being co-opted into a, into a spirituality that I don't recognize. And, and, you know, and what's funny is, is that, it's the same thing when I sort of go like, well, let me tell you anthropologically where monotheistic religion comes from and at what point it emerges in civilization. And like mm. your religion is a really, you know, is a really fascinating artifact of human beings, you know, trying to answer questions for which they didn't yet have any understanding. And it served us very well. And it's caused, it caused a whole, you know, the universe, great universities of the world were founded on this, on this principle. And, and yet <laughs> those same universities developed the knowledge that made those presuppositions patently obviously false mm -hmm. and the person goes like screw you you know right. <laughs> because right. what well, i'm doing and, is and, i'm yeah. making their religion a part of my secu my narrative of sort of the secular ascent of man that's that's interesting well i mean and so that's a very i don't know i didn't get a, an impression from the caller on how much those conversations are rationally focused or like debate debate style you know mm -hmm. um or or how much of it is just this kind of emotional discomfort with each other well what he says a serious area of contention and so contention tends to mean like we're talking about it yeah you know yeah but sometimes it's all passive aggressive too where somebody just says you know he, he, you are a, you are a true son of god whether you know it or not and he's like, uh, you know, um, and, and I think it's just really important for, 
in some sense, for people to learn to respect and to, I don't want to say demand, but to ask for respect for their way of thinking. And to just say in the same way that you would respect somebody, hopefully on the other side of the abortion issue or on the other side of race, a race question or on the other side of a, pol a political question. And you'd say like, I disagree with you, but I'm going to treat you with respect. I want you to, I want you to treat me. And obviously they, they probably, they treat each other as human beings with respect, but I want you to treat my way of thinking with respect and sort of go like, there is another way of seeing the world besides my own. And I mm. need to, and I need to acknowledge that and not insist that the only categories that I'm going to use in conversation with you are my own. Right. And I suppose he could, he could start by offering that first. Like he could go, I understand you yeah. see the world differently and I respect that. Yeah. And, and, and to say, and, and I think sometimes to say, now, am I understanding it right? Like from your perspective, this thing that just happened, this is, this is the Holy Spirit at work, or this is God at work in this situation, or this is a part of this, this, this in a sense reflects on the glory of God. And the person goes, yeah, that's exactly, that's right. That's true. And he's like, oh, okay. So I do understand how you see it. Mm. And, and to sort of say the only thing, the only thing I want to change in our conversation is I just, I just, I just want to recognize that that's the way you see it. And I don't need you to say that what I'm saying is true. I just need you to say, oh, Bart, this is the way you see it, right? And go like, yeah, yeah, this is the way I see it. And so in a sense, yeah, to, you're right. The best thing you can do in, 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 in that conversation is to, is to do, to be the change you want to see in the relationship, <laughs> to, to paraphrase Gandhi. You know, and, you know, sort of it's monkey see, monkey do. And so if you do it for the other person, they're much more likely to do it for you. So that's why you want to steal men and you want to say, like, no, am I in? like, I, I'm not always familiar with this, but like from your perspective, this is what's going on here, right? And they go like, and, and they might go, no, 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 you're not seeing it. Go like, well, help me understand it. You know, it's, it's a very clear decision where you say, I, I don't want to point out why your, way of think, why your way of thinking doesn't work for me. I want to understand why it, how it works for you. And I want to speak back to yeah. you in your own language. If you've ever traveled in a foreign country, you don't have to speak great French or great Italian. If you even make an effort, the natives sort of look at you and go like, that's nice. Yes. That's nice. Yes. Uh, you, you're respectful. You know, you got the little, your little phrase book there. And in a sense, you, you know, our friend Jonathan, he needs to, he needs to demonstrate not some, not, before he demands or asks for people to respect his worldview, he's got to demonstrate that he not only respects their values and not only respects them as human beings and not only loves them, but that he's taken the time to understand how they see the world. And he needs to demonstrate that to them. I know right. how you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and, no, that's good. I yeah. like that we came. I like that we came to steel, steel manning essentially, which is such a good tool. I mean, it's it's just such a good way. People should just Google that and follow. You know, follow a YouTube guide on how to yeah. how to have a, a conversation where you're steel manning. Because I think it's so. I've been actually practicing that with some um, people I know who voted for Trump in 2016, and we've been having pretty good conversations about it. 
Wow, really? Because I, I mean, yeah. if you've got if you've got somebody who is comfortable talking about why they're excited about Trump, I would love to have them on the podcast and have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just feel like we've been talking a lot about how to have better conversations, and I just I would just love to model and to kind of demonstrate or try. You know, I might fall. I might you know. I mean, right. screaming, <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs and, and being a model of failure. But right. I, I think in a sense, you know, we're talking about how to have these conversations. It would be great to just have somebody on and have that conversation. I'll ask them. Yeah. So ask them. Yeah. But, in, but in the meantime, I do think that, yeah, so much that's going on in our society right now are people demanding to be heard demanding to be respected, demanding to be um, reckoned with. And I think that in interpersonal relationships, we, we don't want to become so good at articulating, this is how you have to talk to me, and this is how you have to address me, and these are the pronouns you have to use for me, and this is the language that I will, you know, and, and, and everything else is, is, is problematic. But maybe to, to, to start the other way and go like, Help me understand the language I need to use. How do I listen to you better? Like, have I, have I got you right here? Like, is, are, is there a way I can make you more comfortable in the conversation? And in a sense, to seek first to make a comfortable space for the person on the, on the other side. And then ask, you know, you know, seek first to understand and then to be understood. You know, in this, seek first to make that other person feel safe in, in, in the conversation. And then you're in a better position to ask for what you need. Because Jonathan clearly needs something from his friends. He needs mm-hmm. he needs for them to understand something about his worldview. But probably they're gonna they're gonna be much more able to hear that after they are satisfied that he has truly understood where they're coming from and how they see the world. Good. All yeah. right. That Good. was it. That was a great question, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Thanks, Bart. Thanks, John. Thanks, Jonathan, for sending in the question. Thanks to everybody who is in on this podcast. Um, I know we have people to thank. I didn't make a list of them before the show, so we'll catch them on the next episode. But uh, we have added a bunch of new people to the squad um, of Humanize Me supporters, and that's always a thrill. Um, And I just want to thank everybody who's taken the time right now not just to listen, but to send a comment, um, a question, to just to just let us know how the how the podcast is hitting them. And for those of you supporters, um, we're gonna we're gonna record in the next uh, week uh, another one of those Why It Matters shows, which is something we do for the people that support the podcast on the Patreon site. We do it on the Patreon site, but we basically just read letters from people who are telling us that. That the, that the that the conversations that they're hearing here are helpful, and are are yeah. are, are, are refreshing, and, and and in some ways are are helping them keep it together, and so uh, yeah, so thanks to all of you. Um, it's we just it, it it is in in terms of people say like you know what's keeping you, what's keeping you going right now in the midst of this difficult time, and I go like you know this conversation keep you know I it keeps driving us back to the question of how do we do better? How do we become better? How do we become more human? 
And so this conversation is one of the things that's really getting me through. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope that your um, technical issues and that your workload and all of those kind of things uh, get better over the next week. Well, and, and, and if in fact, when we push the buttons and this conversation over, it has actually been recorded in a broadcastable form, which our listeners will know because they will uh-huh. have gotten to this moment. That will be a joy and that will be a thing worth celebrating. And uh, we will celebrate again when we see you next time on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at Humanize Me Pod on Twitter and Humanize Me Podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search Humanize Me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life. Oh